paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. Yo, yo, yo. We are back once again. Kickback Pod. Back with another episode. Episode 37. This is going to be kind of a depressing one, I think, I guess, because we're going to be talking about the sneaker bear market. That's how Fabian wanted to title this episode. Uh, no, it's not It's not going to be depressing. It's depressing for everyone who's been stockpiling sneakers for the last two years, hoping to resell them, and now they're stuck with it. Yeah, it's depressing for them. But for the sneaker heads out there, it's probably the complete opposite. So we will be getting into that, answering some of the toughest questions regarding what's going on currently with the sneaker market. Um, and of course, as usual, telling you what we've been wearing, latest pickups, and also getting you ready for the upcoming drops. First and foremost, want to give a quick fan shout out to this week's fan of the week. And that is, I'm going to give you his Instagram name, Armando Ba3, or Armando, I believe his name is. Thanks for being a fan. Thanks for uh, all the support on our Instagram. And um, yeah, man, let's, uh, Fabian, man, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. I mean, as you know, I think by the time people listen to this episode, I will be a married man. So I'm very excited. That's right. That's right. This is my <clears throat> my last podcast of freedom, <laughs> I would say. Um, no, but other than that, all good. Uh, we kind of talked about the last episode. I was in Italy, which was beautiful. I went to a, a wedding there, ate so much pasta like unbelievable amounts of pasta and yeah drove in italy as well i don't know if any listeners out there if we have any italian listeners i no offense meant here but italians cannot drive to save their lives (laughs) it is the most one of the most stressful things as a german person who is used to rules and staying within the lines and being very conservative whilst driving trying to drive in italy it was a nightmare I made it out without a scratch, though, so I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah, I, I agree with the Italian driving. There, there's, there might be rules, but it doesn't feel that way when you're on the road. It's like um, organized chaos, kind of. There are rules, and it's the rule is basically every man for himself, and you just try and find an opening wherever you can. The Italians, they love roundabouts, right? Which is great because you don't have to wait for the traffic light to switch. But then you've got roundabouts that have like three lanes and people crisscrossing lanes. Let me just tell you, like, the insurance that you get when you rent a car is worth its weight in gold, I'm telling you. Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. I I would personally just completely avoid driving in Italy if I'm there. Yeah. If you can, uh, but I mean, if you're doing a road trip, it's kind of hard to do that. But what about you? Uh, you? What have you been up to? How are you doing? I So I, I don't think I've talked about uh, my whole like career situation on here, but I'm sure a lot of you guys know I don't do sneakers full time. I do. I work as a data analyst. Um, well, I work in the business intelligence field. I'm, maybe some of you guys know what this field is, but I've basically for the last four months, I chose to take some time off and uh, yeah, I've kind of just been chilling, you know, collecting sneakers, making videos, traveling a lot over the last four months, really, really been having a great time. 
but I did start a new job last week. Um, so uh, the last couple of weeks have just been very weird because now I got like this full-time job once again and, uh, you know, trying to manage everything else I got going on, like YouTube and all of that stuff. So uh, it's it's been, you know, it's been weird trying to like adjust into like this new life schedule. But um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, everything's everything's going great. I'm grateful for the summer. Uh, booked a lot of travel plans, not for now, but for September. Uh, but the next couple of months, I'm in Berlin. I just can't wait to enjoy the city. Um, but yeah, man, that's uh, and st- still, you know, still hitting the gym, trying to hit the gym as much as possible. I see you. Of course. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. And uh, what have you been wearing, though? What did you wear on your trip? So on my trip, I had a bunch of different shoes with me. I had my my number one go-to, and you kind of joked about firing me off the podcast if I say this, but the uh, the just a pair of Birkenstock Arizonas because it was 45 degrees in Rome when I was there. Celsius, right? So Fahrenheit, I don't know what that is, like 110 it was brutally hot. It was sweltering. I was, I was sweating, swamp ass everywhere, and so I was just trying to cool down as much as possible. So I had open-toed footwear. My Birkenstocks, super super comfortable once you wear them for a couple days and break them in. So that's been my go-to even here in Berlin because it has been relatively warm the last few days. Um, but other than that, I really really love and i'm enjoying my hidden solomon xt4s big fan of just the hits of blue i love that they didn't go overboard with the blue hue because i know that's like hidden's color and i have a lot of blue in my closet in my wardrobe uh, not blue green i have a lot of green in my in my closet and that matches really well with the shoes so those have been like the two shoes that i've been rotating the most at this point what about you? Listen, man, I know it's hot, but there's no way I'm rocking Birkenstocks, man. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't do it. I, I They look uh, good. I've they been... look good in certain fits. Like I've got like a pair of really nice cord pants from Uniqlo, like this really nice earthy colorway. And my Birks are very earthy. You wear a nice white t-shirt. That's like the ultimate summer fit. I, I don't mind those Birkenstocks that are like, you know, they, ha- they have the clothes toe oh, the, the on the Bostons. It. What? The Boston's, yeah, yeah, those are those are okay. I could I could see myself rocking those, but the open toe thing, I can't I can't do it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been like, I mean, it's been super hot in Berlin too, so I've mainly been rocking uh, my Salehi uh, clogs uh, and getting a lot of use out of those, and also of course the uh, foam runners. And lately, I've also rediscovered how much I like my Yeezy Seven Hundred V Threes, like the original pair, the Azale colorway. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I didn't, I didn't actually realize how good of a summer shoe they are. Because they actually look amazing with shorts, even better, I think, than wearing it with pants. So, as because I've been wearing shorts every day, just trying to go for like lower, lower, you know, low top sneakers. Um, and I feel like the seven hundred V three is some of the best, the some of the best looking with shorts. So that's mainly Salehi clogs, foams, and my seven hundred V threes. It's a decent okay, uh, decent rotation as well. I'm really, really bummed out about missing out on those um, V3s. I think the 700s in general, such a great shoe. And I love 
the evolution of it as well. The V1, obviously a classic, the Wave Runner. Then the V2, very minimal slight updates. Then you've got the Moon Moon Vision or whatever it's called. Uh, and then obviously the V3s, all very different but similar in in terms of like the design language. It's almost like the Porsche 911 has kind of the same shape all the way through its history right. and you're seeing that with a 700 and, and i think that's the mark of a great product so big ups big ups to wearing those again what about pickups you got anything lately only one pair and i didn't actually buy these they were sent to me by my old friends at high snobiety i got the high snobiety on cloud swift collaboration which i'll be honest is not my favorite on shoe i think on has made better shoes. I'm not a huge fan of the sole unit on the Cloud Swift. It looks almost like cartoon teeth to me if you look at it from a profile side. But what High Somebody has done with the shoe is quite nice. They've kept it very simple. They've put some hits of gold in there, some some black, some white, and for me the colorway is super fresh. It's a nice summer shoe. On shoes are incredibly, unbelievably comfortable. So I haven't worn them yet, but I'm very much looking forward to putting them on feet, wearing them out. They're super breathable too, being obviously a running shoe. So when it gets hotter in Berlin or wherever I may be this summer, I can definitely rock them. So that, that was basically my only pickup. I know you have a few more, so let's, uh, let's go through those. Yeah, quite a few pickups. I'll go through them quickly. So the one shoe I've been the most excited to cop for months now, I finally got them. The Gucci adidas gazelles Ooh. yeah man if they are there oh i got them right here actually oh, so um, nice i got the got the pink joints of course um man these are man it's it's, it's they're unreal. is it suede the, the, is it velour like what kind of it's velvet oh it's all velvet man so good and, and like dude when you feel this it's like the softest thing you've ever touched. Like it's so soft. I love the hit of green on even... the heel as well. Like the green contrasts yeah, so yeah. nicely with the purple pink. So, so nice. It's a, it's a pretty weird colorway. So there were obviously a lot of different colorways to choose from from this collab. Um, initially, I thought I would go for, you know, the monogram one, the brown mm -hmm. one with the G all over. But then I kind of thought that it kind of looked like a bootleg sneaker in a way. Uh, like a custom type of sneaker so then i kind of didn't want it anymore and this was the colorway that really really stood out to me and i figured if i'm going to spend 650 euros on a pair of shoes it's like go big or go home so i went with like the loudest colorway and uh yeah they're fire i i absolutely love them great craftsmanship and we already talked about it in the last pod it was my number three uh favorite sneaker of the year so far and yeah one of my favorite pickups easily also another shoe i picked up also having it right here this is the jacques mousse nike humeras uh pretty strange i thought that jacques mousse would do a collab on the nike humera because like hiking you you guys already know the humera is very much a hiking trail type of sneaker and this, that's like the last thing I think of when I think of Jacques Mousse as a brand. Like I'm normally thinking of like the French Riviera sipping champagne while, you know, some some beautiful French girls are <laughs> surrounding me. That's, that's, that's kind of like what that's that's kind of like what the brand, you know, kind of gives me that type of vibe. So um, 
it's it's pretty weird that they would do a hiking shoe. But it turns out that the Humera is uh, Simon Pont uh Simon Pont Chakmuses. That's the he, he's the creative director. Uh, it's his favorite Nike model. So that's why they chose this pair. And I thought they did a really good job because it looks nothing like the original Humera. Like it's very much like a luxury take on it. They stripped away all of the stripes and they just put like a very tiny swoosh. Uh, and like it's a nice gold swoosh as well. And I like this colorway. It's a pretty, pretty nice shoe. Like for for like your first attempt at a Nike collab, I thought um, Simone did a pretty good job. And uh, yeah, this this was, was another collab uh, that I picked up. Uh, also, as far as Nike SBs go, I picked up the LA Dodgers uh, SB Dunk Low, uh, which was part of that baseball pack and probably the best colorway. Um, not, not Maybe not the best colorway. I like the Phillies one, but the cleanest colorway at least. And the material is really, really good. I did a review on YouTube if you guys haven't already seen it. Uh, I, another couple of pickups. Um, I have to apologize about something i said a couple of podcasts ago <laughs> i was trashing i was trashing teddy santis and new balance uh everything he's done so far saying that oh everything he's put out is so plain looking and they're so overpriced um i received a couple of pairs last week in hand both of them 990 v3s the marble head pair and also the moonbeam colorway and i had to definitely change my mind and take back what i said because the quality on these new balances are just like another level like way better than the regular new balances incredible suede being used on these shoes and the colorways yeah the colorways still don't like wow me uh compared to some other new balances i've seen but um i like just based on the quality really 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 good uh, pairs and there's another colorway of that teddy santis partnership that's coming out later this week which we'll talk about in the upcoming drops which i'm pretty excited for a couple of more pickups uh i was able to get a pretty early pair of the brian giles or giles uh 2002r uh which is uh, brian giles is an artist based out of la and he got he basically completely put his take on the 2002r his design imprint is all over the shoe you got it, it almost looks like a custom sneaker you got like images of his face or like the eyes are at the front of the shoe his nose lips at the back of the shoe like it's it's a pretty weird crazy looking shoe um i also dropped a video review on that and finally the last pickup was the uh union nike air cortez this was the sesame colorway uh i really 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 like the colorway a lot of people were saying it's very similar to that joe fresh goods 9060 colorway which it is it's uh i mean like the brown the beige hits and the pink yeah true i can kind of see that it, it's i definitely see that but um i'm very surprised that th- those shoes didn't even sell out they were sitting on sneakers for pretty much the entire they're day still, i think they're uh, still on sneakers a few days I, at least i checked like several days later i think almost a, like four or five days after release and they were still on sneakers in a full size run which I was super tempted to get them, but you know anyone who's listened to the last few episodes knows that I've picked up a lot of sneakers uncharacteristically for me. Usually I have like one or two max, um, and the last few episodes I've had like three, four pickups. So I know that I, you know, like the Cortez is one of my favorite Nike shoes, and I said this is like a have-to-have sneaker, but 
the fact that it didn't sell out is great for me because then now I can like prioritize other things in my life, whatever, and then a later date pick them up for retail or maybe just just above or even just below if they don't perform well on the resale market. So, which also kind of brings us to the topic of the day. But I mean, I think you're right. Super, super nice colorway. And I didn't think about this, but it does remind me a lot about the, uh, remind me of the uh, Joe Fresh Goods. It's a very soft kind of easy to digest, I would say, colorway. Yeah, and and I thought the shoes were really, really nice in hand, really nice materials and a pretty unique take on the Cortez. I didn't think that they deserved to be sitting. Like It was a pretty solid collab for me. But um, actually, you know what a good move to do right now is? Uh, On StockX, for pretty much any shoe you want, which you see is like sitting, you should go on StockX right now and put like just put in a low bid that's kind of what i've what i've been doing um like for example i recently copped the uh stussy mids uh the stussy mids i was able to cop them for below retail because i put in a bid below retail on StockX, and of course like a bunch of resellers bought that shoe hoping hoping to flip them and they weren't able to flip them so they're just basically getting rid of them so i managed to get it for below retail and that's pre- that's a pretty solid strategy right now for just copying shoes in general. Like if you want to get it for below retail, just put in a bid on StockX. There's a pretty good chance some desperate reseller will sell it to you. That's a good point, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more later. Why don't we uh, yeah. Why don't we kick off the topic of the day? So as you mentioned, we are in a or I called it a bear market, right? where anyone who follows economics, world politics, stock market, whatever, they will know that pretty much everything is going down in price or value, except for, you know, Shell and other companies that are obviously... Gas. Right, that are dealing in gas and things that we need and whose prices are through the roof right now, but demand just as high. So we're... Most likely heading towards a recession, uh, at least in parts of the world. And crypto is down. Uh, the last time I checked my crypto was maybe like a few months ago. And then I checked it the other day. Don't, don't remind me, yeah. man. Don't remind I'm, me. I'm still like, I'm lucky that I bought like ages, ages, ages ago. So I'm still like slightly in the plus. But like, I was just like, damn, okay. Back to not looking at it for the next six months, which whatever. That That's a strategy too. But basically everything is decreasing in value at the moment. People are losing money on a lot of investments. And one of those investments is we've noticed and other people have noticed, people are talking about it on social media, sneakers. Because obviously StockX and other platforms exist because people buy and sell and speculate in sneakers. They're hoping to buy a sneaker low, sell it for high or buy low, whatever. And yeah, basically the, the trend of the last few months with everything happening in the world has been that sneakers are getting more affordable on the resale market and that not a lot of sneakers are selling out, which I guess surprised a lot of people. People are speculating as to why. So we want to kind of give our thoughts on why we think that's happening, what is causing it, but also what our opinion of it is. Do we like that this is happening? Do we think that this is damaging sneaker culture as a whole? So I guess we can kind of kick it off with you just kind of what, what shoes have you noticed that are not really selling out or that are not selling for as much as we would have expected them to sell for on the resale market? 
Yeah, so like you said, there's def- we definitely have noticed a decline in sneaker resale prices. Of is that like to me, it's not really much. I wouldn't really call it a decline or like sneaker sneakers are dying. It's more like it's going back to normal for me because uh, if you look at what sneaker prices are selling for right now, I feel like it's quite similar to what they are supposed to be selling for like back in like 2018 2019 it was kind of normal to have sneakers reselling for around the prices they are right now in the last couple of years they were kind of like in my opinion outlier years like prices of not just sneakers but a lot of things were very very inflated due to everyone staying at home actually i mean there was a lot of reasons there was basically um everyone was forced to stay at home um and at the same time governments all around the world basically pumped a lot of money into people's bank accounts basically just giving out free money stimulus checks as they call them in the u.s so people were basically forced to stay at home they were getting all this extra money they weren't able to do things they would normally do with their money for example travel for example go get a haircut so instead people still wanted to spend money so they were spending it on things they wouldn't normally spend on like for example sneakers Um, so as a result the sneaker market over the last couple of years saw a huge huge increase uh, which was pretty abnormal it was mainly i think caused by this covid related inflation and increase in government spending Um, and now it seems like the, the party is over because people aren't getting stimulus checks anymore everything's open again people now are basically they're able to spend money on things that they you know their value experiences more for example i don't know if you can probably testify to this your italian vacation recently you might have noticed that hotel prices are way higher than they normally oh, man. are everything uh, the the rental car gas obviously hotel prices everything yeah. was more expensive yeah and and try like i mean i've been trying to book a trip to um just anywhere nearby in europe i normally spend like 50 euros to go round trip to london i'm finding flights right now 400 euros on ryanair to go to london it's you know wild. it's kind of insane it's, it's wild. So, so that's essentially what's happening. Now people can finally travel. So all that money that they've been saving up for the last couple of years, they're spending it on these kind of things. And as a result, things that they don't really need, like sneakers, have been dropping. So I think it's kind of, I think it's just that the sneaker market as a whole is just reverting back to a more normal level, a more sane level, I think. Um, and uh, that's that's essentially what I've noticed. Have we seen a a uh, have you seen like basically chances to cop sneakers for retail much more than before yeah absolutely we just talked about the union cortez now the union talk about like union union is one of the most hyped collaborators out there and you see you think of union doing a collab on the cortez which is like the most la shoe possible you get like this legendary la sneaker and streetwear boutique union combining with the most legendary LA sneaker ever, the Cortez, and it's just sitting, it's just chilling on the sneakers app. Pretty, pretty, uh, you know, we wouldn't have even thought of that like a couple of years ago, but it's pretty normal now to see something like that. A lot of collabs recently have not only been sitting, but even uh, we've noticed the prices just start to drastically decline. Another union collab, just something that off the top of my head I thought of, was the Jordan 2 unions that came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when they first came out early, early this year, like around February or so, like I think we saw some pairs start to release. The prices were way higher than they are right now. Like now you can get you can get like a size nine, size ten for two fifty, which is twenty five euros above retail, which is kind of nuts because originally they were going for around four hundred. So. Um, and, and that's not the only example. There's plenty other examples of sneaker prices just over the last few months just drastically start to decrease uh, as we as basically this demand has just evaporated or not just evaporated. They've kind of like moved on to other things. Sneakers is not so important anymore now that we're just like now that we're able to go outside and spend money on other kind of things. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the unions are just one one example. So many great shoes recently have been just sitting. For example, even the Maison Chateau Rouge yep. Jordan Twos that dropped recently, which is I reviewed it. I think it's the best Jordan Two to drop uh, in the last year. I even quality wise, I even liked it better than the Off White Jordan Twos. It was just it's just a really really great pair, and that one too sitting like nobody wants it. Um, it's strange, man. When I don't know if to say if it's strange or not. It's 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 more like back to normal, like I said, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot easier right now to cop sneakers for retail, which if you love sneakers like we do, it's a great thing. It's a great, great thing. I agree. What do you think? I agree. I think also you kind of, you summed it up really well. You know, people are spending money on other things. Sneakers aren't, you know, as important to them anymore right now because they're paying for experiences. But also, you know, things are happening. War in Ukraine, hyperinflation mm-hmm. in certain countries, everything. The cost of living is more expensive. And I mean, I'm feeling it. I go to the supermarket and my grocery shop for the week is, you know, 15, 20 euros more than it was before. Things are sometimes 30, 40, 50% more expensive, which is wild. And like in absolute terms, yeah, sure, the banana only costs 20 cents more. But in But if you apply that percentage to everything you buy over and over and over again, then all of your costs are going to rise. And I'm, I'll be the first one to admit, I'm saying this from a place of, of a lot of privilege, right? I'm still, still with all of these price hikes, with all of this inflation, I'm still able to afford all of my necessities, right? I still have a roof over my head. I can still pay my rent. I can still buy my food. I can still go out to dinner. I can still buy a pair of shoes if I want to. I can go on vacation. So I'm, I'm very aware that I'm very privileged in saying this, but I think that these price hikes and this inflation is definitely affecting a lot of people in different ways as well. And I mean, if I wasn't where I am right now financially, if I was maybe feeling this a little bit more, the first thing I would stop buying is probably sneakers, right? The first thing I would stop doing is spending money on stuff that I don't actually need, especially when I've got however many dozens of pairs at home that I can wear. Yep. So... I think that's that's a big reason as well. But one thing that I've also noticed that is maybe not tied to kind of current events so much, a lot of people I've spoken to that have been into sneakers for a long time that are into sneakers still has slowly become a little bit disillusioned with the way that sneakers are dropped, all the hype, kind of all hype, no substance. And a lot of them have moved away from sneakers. They are now buying trading cards, right? They're buying Pokemon cards, uh, athlete cards. They moved, a lot of sneakerheads moved into NFTs, right? And have, have gotten immersed into that world because 
what sneaker collectors are at their heart is collectors. And I think you can basically connect, collect anything. And we've said this before in the podcast. You can collect stamps. You can collect old iPhones or old iPods. You can collect plants, right? And so that inner hunger to collect and to kind of build up a massive collection of cool things or nerdy things is inherent to sneaker collecting and it goes beyond just sneakers. And so maybe in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of people that said, huh, sneakers, yeah, I still like them. I, I will still wear my favorite sneakers, but I, I'm not really feeling what brands are doing or I feel like it's too much or there's just not that much out there for me anymore. Maybe some people grew up or their taste changed. And I think quite a lot of people or quite a lot of these people have moved on to other things, which I don't know if you've noticed this or maybe spoken to people about, but there's definitely people that I know personally that are now buying other things and they're cashing out of sneakers, basically. Yeah, well, well I completely, completely agree with you. So you, you, you just nailed a lot of different points here. The first important thing you said is that because of inflation, you're going to stop spending on things you don't necessarily need. And that's like a key. That's that's essentially what happens in every high inflationary time. People don't people have to spend more money to get the things they actually need, so they don't have as much money left over for things they don't really need. And that's that's basically shoes are something that falls into that category, of course. So so that's definitely part of the reason why for what's causing this decline in like the resale prices. And another thing you mentioned was basically just people tiring out of shoes. Uh, you mentioned a bunch of good reasons there about how like they're just bored with the way things are being dropped and moving on to collecting other things. I also would like to add another um, factor that's causing some of this disinterest. It's just been that honestly, we gotta be we gotta admit it. Like these brands have been pushing out different colorways, almost identical colorways of the same sneaker hundreds and hundreds of times how many blue colored dunks have we seen in like the last it's year true. or like we we've gotten a dark blue we've gotten a navy blue valerian blue unc blue blue this blue that I, i'm just naming one color here you guys know what i mean if, if another actually a, a much bigger extreme than blue is gray there have been like a hundred variations of gray colored dunks over the last year. And then Virgil went ahead and dropped 50 different gray dunks. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people, I, I'm just putting dunks as an example, but you can apply this to even now. I feel like as much as we love New Balance, they're doing it too with this New Balance 550. There have been a lot of 550 colorways recently well, and that look identical. as well, right? Like, and oh, yeah. I think it's, people, that's a exactly. really good point. I think... Not just colorways, but collaborations and new models and old models and retros and whatever. They're not brands are not giving the product time to breathe, in my opinion. I think sometimes exactly sneakers. You honestly, I'm guilty of it. Other people are guilty of it. You get a shoe that you've wanted for a while. You're super excited that you won the raffle. You get it, and you hold it in your hand. You take some photos for Instagram, whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm going to wear this at some point, whatever. But then your attention shifts, you're on Instagram, you see the next shoe that's coming out and boom, you've almost forgotten about the shoe you just got and your sights are set on the next one. And, or similar, there's six different pairs dropping that week and your, you know, people's attention span is only so long and, and so limited. And I think 
the fact that everything is coming out so quickly one after the other, whether it's similar colorways, similar models, lots of collaborations, it's hard to keep up. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of good stuff then gets lost, in my opinion. You've got the off-white Nike Blazer Low, right? Which is sitting for just at retail. You've got the Travis Scott Air Trainer one, which, you know, I've gone on record saying I think it's yeah. Travis Scott's best Nike shoe so far. That is not reselling for anything, which on the other hand is great because then people who appreciate the shoe and want it can grab it. But we all know it's no secret. Brands look at it too. Resale value is an indicator for how successful or how liked a shoe is on the market. Obviously, other factors come into play such as stock levels and availability and all that kind of stuff. The Nike Craft, the Tom Sachs. I know that that's restocking, but that's kind of sitting at a price where everyone was like, hmm, okay. You got the Teddy Santa's New Balances that you mentioned. Those retail for what, like 250 220 something like that? They're selling for, I saw the latest sales were going for like the 230 240 So they're basically selling for around retail yeah. on StockX as well. And it just shows that there's just too much shit out there. And by shit, I don't mean bad stuff. I mean, there's so much good stuff out there as well. But people can't keep up, and I think that's it's, also it's, like a problem. Yeah, and and you mentioned uh, you 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 just said that the brands are not giving shoes enough time to breathe. I totally agree because like it's not like the brands are not putting out good shoes, like you said. It's that they're putting out too many of the same shoes too fast. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the two thousand and two R, great example, great sneaker, great sneaker, universally loved. Uh, and now it seems like New Balance is clearly putting out way too many colorways of this shoe at this point. And n- not just colorways, way too many collabs on that model recently yeah. as well. That, And I just read about th- there's going to be this new collab dropping with uh, that Japanese brand Orale. If you guys remember, yeah. they did a 550 last year. There's not going to be a 2002R Orale collab, which I think looks beautiful. Like It's like really, really nice colors. And you can obviously imagine the quality is going to be amazing. But because I've been beaten to death with 2002Rs over the last couple of months, I'm actually like, it's like, I'm like, okay, it's a nice pair, but like, I'm not that interested. You know, like I've just seen this model so much and so many collabs that like, I'm sick of seeing it at this point. That's what happened with the 327 as well. That came out. And for me, that was like the best new silhouette of the last few years, at least, mm -hmm. at least where New Balance is concerned. Right. And you know, Sophie Lee, she designed it amazing. Uh, not Sophie Lee, sorry. That was my tattoo artist. Charlotte Lee, she designed it. And <laughs> great, great, amazing shoe. But then, and it came out with a Calabasas. Uh, oh, man, I am all over the place today. Casablanca, not Calabasas. Casablanca collaboration. <laughs> they sound the same. They do. I'm, I, you can tell that it's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. Um, no, so... This shoe came out, dominated, dominated Fashion Week, dominated stores, dominated releases. Lots of people are doing collaborations on it, but exactly the same thing that what happened to the 2002R. It was just brought out way too quickly. The stock levels rose too quickly. They needed to keep it a little bit more limited. There was like a four, five, six month period where the 327 was still relatively hard to get. Even the general release colorways were quite limited. And then it just blew up. And it's the same thing with the Dunk as well. I mean, I get it. Brands want to make money and that's the best way to make money. But it feels like this sort of cycle would have usually taken maybe two, two and a half years in the past. Maybe, yeah, one and a half to two years. 
now this is happening in six months, in a year. And it, I don't know, it's not sustainable. Exactly, right. Like sneakers, yeah, that, that sounds about right, six months. Like it's going from like just starting off hype to getting a lot of hype to overhype to decline in, yeah, within a six-month window, which is way too fast. Like sneakers aren't getting enough time to breathe. As a sneakerhead, I almost feel like... I'm like I'm I feel like I'm just wasting my money at this point. Like why am I buying all these shoes because like why am I buying this collab for example because I know next week there's going to be another collab. You know, you yeah, do, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it, there's just there's just way too many shoes. So I I think that's definitely one of the big factors too causing the decline. There's obviously the macroeconomic factors, but there's also just the simple fact that people are just getting sick of the way shoes are being released, how many are being released, and yeah, that that that's part of the frustration, I think. Yeah, but uh, I mean, what do you what do you think about like, um, like how what what's it gonna be like for the sneaker market going forward though? Like, do you do you see like more declines in the future? Do you see uh, a rebound happening? What, and if you do see a rebound happening, what actually needs to happen for that rebound to occur? Do you have any thoughts on well, that? Well, I think it's it's an interesting kind of power dynamic as well, right? Because brands obviously have the power to make trends happen. But they can't make those trends happen with a certain group of people. Trendsetters, people, early adopters, people that are actually buying the product or wearing the product at least. And on the other hand, you've got the customers who can vote with their wallet. If they buy something... It means they like it. It was successful. If they don't, they won't. If they still like sneakers or think sneakers are worth paying that much money for in this sort of economic climate, then brands will continue to make shoes to service that demand. It's it's hard to say. I think what we're seeing is maybe a down cycle in terms of over the last three years, sneakers became incredibly popular on the mainstream level. You had publications, even in Germany, you had German publications that don't write about sneakers, writing about sneakers. And I think there will always be a core group of people who are super into sneakers, like us, like a lot of the, our listeners, a lot of you guys out there, that will buy sneakers and collect sneakers regardless of whether, you know, they're super hyped and your average Joe is trying to get a pair of Yeezys or a pair of New Balancers or whatever, right? Um, and, and that group will always be there. And obviously, sportswear brands and other brands will continue to make shoes because that's obviously a golden ticket for them and they're printing money making those. But I do see a future where with brands bringing out too much and there being too much noise and not enough breathing room that we'll see only a few select releases really make that resale splash that we've been used to in the past. So think Travis Scott, Air Jordan 1 Low. Something like that will make a splash no matter what, right? Um, or a, I don't know, like a jowned New Balance. But even those, like I think, are, are not that crazy expensive on the resale market anymore. But you know what I mean? Like those big ticket releases or maybe a new Yeezy, right? That's never been seen before and super divisive. And then people end up loving it like the foam runner, that kind of stuff will still make a splash. But a lot of the other stuff that maybe was performing really well on the resale market and on social media and stuff like that 
will start to decline a little bit and it'll be easier to get these shoes. They'll be cheaper on the secondary market. But yeah, I think it'll just be kind of a, the sneaker world or the sneaker industry will be less interesting to outsiders for a little bit. And then once it gets more niche again and more of this nerdy thing, which it used to be, then that hype will build up again. So I think we're just seeing kind of like a, the, the slump of a normal industry cycle in a way. Um, does, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, it, it, it makes sense. Uh, however, like I, I see a much more bleaker future uh, on the horizon. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll explain my, my reasoning behind it. So I personally think we're, so like, you know, in baseball, there's nine innings, yeah. right? I think we're probably in like the second inning of, of this recession that's, uh, that's about to happen because people right now are still spending all the money that they've been saving over the last uh, two years. But uh, we've, we've started to see some data in the U.S. like savings rates are starting to go down a bit. And, and uh, there's, a bun- there's a bunch of other data, you know, signaling that a recession is basically on the horizon. So... I think once that really happens, once people really go through their savings and we have this like recession in full force, that's when I actually see, first of all, like sneaker prices. I see those. I see that going down even further than before. Um, And uh, that's just one part of it. But as far as like what needs to happen for like the market to come back to normal, like normal resale level again, Essentially, what needs to happen is this recession needs to like run its course. So that involves a few things. So first of all, people are going to stop spending on shoes. This means that a lot of sneakers that were previously hyped are going to be sitting on shelves. Nike, all these other companies are going to keep producing sneakers. They're going to keep sitting. And then everything, as you know, everything is profit driven. So these companies... In order to now, they're starting to face a lot more costs than they are receiving profits. They will be forced to cut back on the number of releases that they have, on the number of um, colorways of a shoe that they put out, because the cost at that point is not even worth it. Uh, the marketing cost, like I know a sneaker that Nike produces only costs about ten dollars to manufacture, but. I read some. I read this report or something, or I'm not sure if it was a video. the The amount of like marketing costs and everything that go into it, they're they're spending a lot on each shoe just to get it marketed and everything like that. So that is also going to start coming down. The number of shoes that these brands are putting out is going to start coming down, and it's basically going to be like a healthy leveling off of the number of releases that are being put out there. Um, and people are, of course, going to get way more selective about what sneakers they actually decide to spend their money on. So that, I think, is going to, you know, when, once it reaches that level, once again, where the amount of supply that these brands are putting out meets this, like, now lower demand that's out there, once it's at that, like, equilibrium level once again, then we're going to start seeing another, like, healthy sneaker market. But right now, it's, it's pretty clear to me that there's a lot more supply out there than the actual sneaker demand at this current moment. So, and I think that 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 gap between supply and demand is going to get even much worse in the next coming months. I see demand dropping off even further and further as we get into this recession, and eventually supply will also have to come down to meet that lower demand. And once that's once that's achieved, then I think 
we're going to start seeing like this healthier rebound of the sneaker markets. But for the next few months of uh, the next, like uh, up until like the end of this year, maybe like there'll be a Christmas bounce, but uh, I definitely see like a more like bleaker future, I would say for yeah. the, for our sneakers over the next few That months. makes sense. I think I'm thinking similar. I don't know how, how long it'll take. Um, it all, I think it depends on outside factors as well, right? It doesn't just depend on the sneaker market. It depends on, like you said, how much money people actually have to spend, how many, you know, how well the economy is doing in general. But let me ask you one last question before we wrap up this topic and then move on to the upcoming drops. And I know you've touched on mm-hmm. this a little bit in your answers over the last 20 minutes, but does this current market make sneakers more or less attractive to you? personally oh dude for me personally it makes it way more attractive I, I love the fact that i'm able to get the shoes i want now for a very very affordable price i love that i didn't have to pay resale for the maison chateau rouge i love that i was able to get those stussy mids that i really wanted for below retail on StockX. really awesome um a lot of like uh these new balance teddy santis pairs yeah, the retail price is high, but if these pairs came out a couple of years ago, they'd be selling for even higher. We would be paying like three fifty on the resale market for these really nice pairs. So I'm glad I'm able to get them for retail. So it's great. I, I as a sneakerhead, I'm personally loving. I, I think it's like as a sneaker lover, we are in one of the best moments we have been over the last few years because we have like a wide selection of possible shoes we can get and it's not as difficult to get it for retail anymore and even if we have to pay resale it's very very negligible amounts so i'm i'm personally loving this as a sneakerhead yeah i would say that personally i would agree with you in terms of like my ability to buy shoes that i really like i yeah it's obviously easier which is nice and not having to pay resale from a nerdy perspective of looking at the sneaker industry as a whole and how it functions and all the mechanisms that are playing a part in supply and demand, branding, marketing, all that kind of stuff. I do think it's a shame that this is happening because a lot of people are putting a lot of effort into these shoes for them to then just sit on shelves, whether it's collaborators, uh, artists, designers at the brands, product line managers, marketing managers, everyone is obviously putting effort into these products because they believe in them, but they believe that people will like them and appreciate them. And when that's not the case, it's a shame for their efforts, but also just in terms of like general environmental, and I don't, I don't want to go into the whole sustainability thing because it's obviously an important factor, but like just consumption for consumption's sake, like from a society perspective, why, why is so much shit being produced when people aren't actually buying it? You know what I mean? I think they need to be a little bit tighter with their supply and demand, like you said. And yeah, so from that perspective, from the nerdy kind of like taking a look at the industry and back at High Somebody when I was like writing about this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm a little disappointed and I wish this wasn't happening. And I hope that brands react, like you said, and maybe produce less, be more considered in their approach until the demand picks up again because yeah just oversaturation of any market isn't really good in the long term 
But personally, like I said, I obviously love that I can go pick up a Cortez Union uh, two weeks after release and pay retail because it's a lovely shoe. And I think lovely shoes should be available to everyone who wants them to a certain extent, of course. Yep. Yeah, man, totally, totally. Um, Should we... uh, That was a great discussion, by the way. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have some more feedback, feel free to uh, comment on on any of our pictures on Instagram, message us on Instagram as well. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll get into the upcoming drops now. Um, So there's a lot actually dropping in the next couple of weeks. I'm pretty hyped. Some actually very, very hyped shoes that we'll be dropping um so the first one uh, the baseball dunks which already released in europe a while ago which was the phillies and the new york mets those released like a month ago in europe but they will be releasing in the u.s on july the 14th that is a low top and a high top uh we'll be getting the bryant giles pair which i uh, which i already reviewed earlier uh the bryant giles 2002 r there's going to be also a mule uh, which looks pretty interesting. Oh, mule, I don't know. Mule, what are your thoughts on the mule? The mule is so nice, honestly. Like, I think there's also more New Balance mules coming out. I believe I've seen rumors about a 550 mule as well, which is wild. Um, but yeah, I, it's a beautiful, beautiful collaboration. Both pairs. I love the green canvas military-inspired material on the proper shoe. But the mule is a lot lighter, and then the artwork and the stitching, incredible, incredible. So if you're if you're a big fan of the 2002, you like mules, you want something different, you want something that maybe not everybody will have or will want to have, this is the shoe for you, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we mentioned Teddy Santis, New Balance. They've been on a roll with some of the recent colorways. So far, at least, every colorway that has dropped very much, you know, neutral tones, super clean, nice beige tones, some gray tones. Finally, though, it seems like we're getting like a big splash of color. There's going to be a Teddy Santis New Balance 990 V3, a purple colorway. I don't know if you've already seen this one. It's beautiful. Fab, but like super hairy it suede. It is fire. Like, I, I love the yeah. hairy suede. And it reminds me a little bit of the, the, new, the Nike Air Jordan 4 that's dropping soon as well. It's got that same purple, hairy suede kind of color. Yes. A little bit yes. lighter in... in tone or in shade but yeah this is and what i wanted to say earlier when you said that you picked up a pair of the teddy santis new balances i love that these colorways feel elevated right they don't feel like normal generally colorways but he still made them different enough that they don't feel like an ald collaboration you know what i mean like i I feel Mm -hmm. like he's very successfully so far managed to balance between the two worlds and give you kind of the best of both worlds in a way you're getting a cool nice made in usa generally new balance shoe but with more special colorways that aren't so special that they take away from the collaboration that is a very good point yeah he's he's managed to very successfully navigate both of the worlds that he's currently in which is the creative director at at a new balance usa as well as ald yeah, it's true. Like we're, we're able to easily distinguish between the two with his releases so far. This purple colorway for me, the best pair to release so far out of this whole Teddy Santis collab. And uh, I know that's going to be a steep 
retail price of 230 but i'm such a sucker for purple that's why i ended up buying these that's what i just ended up buying these gucci shoes but uh i'm i'm i don't know i, I might just end up dropping 230 on that I'll, we'll see man I, I really like that pair also the new balance 90 60 so so far we've only seen the joe fresh goods collab and by the way the joe fresh goods collab will be finally dropping in europe i believe tomorrow or the day after no i think it's the 14th that's the day after uh so uh, the joe fresh goods will be dropping on the 14th in europe but also the gr colorways so we're seeing the first round of gr colorways of this model drop on the 16th we'll be getting the sea salt colorway and i personally think that this colorway is better than either of the jfg pairs have you looked at this colorway yes i did it's very nice it's super wearable. Yeah, yeah. I prefer I prefer it than the Joe Fresh Goods for sure. There, it is very nice. Um, what else we got? We got the LA Flea Nike Air Force One dropping July sixteenth. This is a super nice patchwork style Nike Air Force One that was first dropped at Nike's booth at LA Flea Market, which is a super famous. I I don't know which flea market. It might have been the Rose Bowl actually, where you have these stalls and like I think Sean Watherspoon goes there a lot to pick up vintage tees. It's it's basically famous for just like great secondhand stuff. And I think Nike had this activation where they dropped these shoes there and people didn't really know what they were or why they were there. And now they're dropping on sneakers on the 16th. Then the Louis Vuitton Air Force Ones are dropping online for pretty decent price if you're coming from the us i believe um i think a lot of these luxury brands haven't updated their haven't updated their european pricing and so with the dollar being as strong as it is now you're getting some massive discounts on luxury goods these i'm not sure when they're dropping yet as of recording time there's no information or no concrete date but they will be coming soon and it will be an online release the the date the date is actually july the 19th oh. uh the word just the word just broke out like before we f- uh, recorded this pod july july the 19th online is when all these colorways will be dropping like you mentioned the retail price for the lows is 2750 us dollars and the mids are slightly more like 3400 or so i believe um definitely steep but i I think they're going to be reselling for a lot more than oh, that. Definitely. Oh. This is one of those shoes where, like I was saying, it doesn't matter what the market's like. These are going to resell uh, just because of their significance and the quality. And yeah, you, you if you're buying them to make a little bit of money, I think this is a pretty sure shot. But uh, you definitely need at least a couple thousand in the bank to be able to afford these. Super nice. I love the triple white colorway just because it's an homage to the easily. OG. Yeah, the, the the triple white, triple white. Like uh, you know how they always ask you that question: What is your sneaker grail? Mm-hmm. Like that's my sneaker grail. I would say the Louis Vuitton triple white Air Force One. That's that's like for me now has replaced my previous grails. It's now like my sneaker grail. So I hope. I, I don't think I'm going to cop it because I'm not going to spend three grand on a shoe. I was about to say, but, you heard it here first. No. JD Kicks is copping this in uh, next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at that level yet, man. I can't, I can't drop three grand on a shoe. <laughs> but um, if I do end up copying it, I will probably end up reselling it. But damn, man, that's, 
That is a one nice, nice pair. No, definitely. And then last but not least, we got the Travis Scott Nike Air Jordan 1 Low Reverse Mocha, which has been rumored and teased and leaked and whatever for ages. That is now apparently dropping July 21st. So anyone who's a big fan of those, get ready because the release is coming in hot. Yeah, and that's about it. So some pretty fire releases over the next two weeks. And hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Another fire episode as usual, if I say so myself. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so much for all the support on the pod. Uh, Also, shout out to all of the new listeners who have uh, joined the pod via my YouTube channel. Uh, Appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening.